We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Friends, Romans, IB Nation, welcome to another edition of Upon Further Review, Chapter 1, Week 0 of hopefully 15 Upon Further Reviews that we're going to do this year, Brian. And, 15? Uh, is it 15? 14. It's 14. 14, yeah. It's like 14. I forgot. I, I put Notre Dame in a conference. My bad. Are we are we um, doing one during the bye week? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it's ib after dark it's upon further review it's eight o'clock on a sunday mark your calendars folks because every sunday we do our deep dive into the film and i spent my sunday doing three things cutting the grass eating ice cream with you and watching film so now, for those that don't the, the whole weird <laughs> like why is brian and vince eating ice cream together uh, we live in the same neighborhood, and there was an ice cream social in the park that's right across from our house. So Angela and I walked over and, and met with Vince and his wife and their their chitlins and had some free ice cream. So Vince that's and right. I just was... don't hang out randomly on a Sunday afternoon eating ice cream, I mean, strategizing about today's Upon Further Review. <laughs> but yeah, and, and just so you all know, we'll obviously do a dive and Upon Further Review dive here, but uh, we're going to have a lot of breakdown stuff this year that's going to be a lot different on the message board at Irish Breakdown. It's going to be for premium members only, stuff we won't really dive into on the shows and stuff I won't be turning into free front page articles. It is brick, It is it is for IB members only, and um, I mean, it was it broke down every the numbers for every route, the numbers for every receiver, the numbers drop back numbers left right middle deep intermediate short behind the line all of it got a little sam hartman uh pass graphic on there yep. also going to do some some breakdowns of the run game and defense as well but this and there's going to be a film room coming out later this week i'm going to break down why they were so good beating the blitz on film message board right. only so for you premium members you're going to get a chance to do that so just another reason man why you gotta be signed up right I'm telling but, you Still a lot to discuss in the show, Vince. Yeah, still no, a lot absolutely. to discuss in the show. And, and one of the things that we talked about all week, whether it was on the afternoon show or IB Nation Sports Talk, was the fact that last year and, 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 and previous years, how does Navy get pressure on Notre Dame defensively, uh, on Notre Dame's offense? It's to blitz. It's to bring more than either Notre Dame can handle or bringing them from different places and confusing Notre Dame or whatever the case may be. And Notre Dame did a fantastic job this week, this year, of blitz yeah. beaters. Blitz beaters. And so that's what we're going to talk about first, I believe, Brian. We're going to talk about blitz beaters, how that went. My favorite stat from the message board, five for five. Sam Hartman, five for five. Yeah. 84 yards, two touchdowns on being pressured. Like now, pressured in, in this breakdown meant he was actually right. physically being pressured. Right. It was not that they brought a pressure that the line picked up. That's when he was blitzed. I don't really do that because I don't think that sure. gives you a, 
a great idea of, oh, he got blitz. We didn't get pressured. There was nobody that got there. This is when he was pressured. I also don't count pressures. Don't count for me. Screens do not count as being pressured. When you're purposely letting guys get through, I don't count that as a pressure as well. So these are more drop backs, play actions, quick game where there is somebody in his face or hitting him. Basically, if you get into my throwing zone and I can't step in and throw the football, or if I can step and throw the football, but you're about to hit me, to me, that's being pressured. Five for five for 84 yards was a really impressive I mean, number. There's a lot of impressive numbers in the past game, Vince. There really were. There really were. That's the one that jumped out to me. I haven't had a chance to really dive in and study it uh, <clears throat> like you have, but th- that's the first one that jumped out to me. I mean, <laughs> that's an experienced quarterback right there. Yeah. So that was a good one. But let's talk blitz beaters. Uh, I thought Notre Dame did a very, very good job in the blitz beating category. I mean, a lot of basic stuff too, to be honest with you, a lot, yeah. but, but stuff that they haven't done very well in the past, you know, as a coach, you, you preach to your players, Hey, right. if a guy's blitzing, you hit the guy, you replace the blitzer essentially. And they did right. that. I mean, it was, it was very simple stuff, but it was very effective stuff. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Vince, you know, we talked about how good they were beating the Blitz last night and and some of the things we discussed, right? So we talked about the inside zone on the early third down and 10 where Navy walks up, it's third and 10. And what Navy would do a lot last year, if you guys remember, is they would blitz off the edge and they would kind of leave that deeper in in cut going. So like, that's why they Notre Dame converted like two third and tens last, two, two third and longs last year, throwing the ball down the field. So what Navy actually did in this game is they showed that heavy pressure, but then they dropped for width to try to get up underneath those in-breaking routes. So what Notre Dame did was first time they got there, again, talking about knowing yourself, knowing your tendencies, knowing what you think they're going to be prepared for. So they just ran that inside zone right at them. They weren't technically quite in two-down territory yet. They would have needed to get good yardage on that first run. And then you come back two plays later, Navy adjusts. Three plays later, Navy adjusts. They line up to show that edge fire again, but this time they walk their backers up inside to eat up all the inside run lanes. So Notre Dame lines up with a, with a um, I believe it was trips to the right, or it was, was it a two-by-two? I'm trying to remember the actual formation. Let me go, let me go find that play again, Vince. But they line up in a in, I believe, a, a two by two, and they put Audric Estimate to the left, the opposite side of where they're going to send him. So then when the Sam Hartman takes it, they sneak him up underneath and run sort of like a slide route, but more like an under route. He gets right behind that blitzer, and Sam Hartman just ducks over and throws it. A- again, so we're going to go inside you this time. We're going to go outside you the next time. I thought their screen game was really on point. You know, again, we're not going to talk much about the the specifics of those breakdowns, but one of the things that I did want to to point out from a statistical standpoint, Vince, is you see the screen numbers. We've complained for years about Notre Dame not being a great screen team and, and not getting to it a whole lot. When you break down Sam Hartman's production yesterday, he had six completions behind the line of scrimmage for 68 yards would have even been better if they didn't have a minus five on that one slip slip screen. Sure. But six completions, six screen completions yesterday, Vince, and they had a touchdown. They averaged 9.7 yards per attempt on screens and 11.3 yards per catch, which includes the minus five and, and, and on that one particular play and a zero. So they had two screens to Jabron Payne. They went for zero and minus five. Mm-hmm. 
for their other four screens went for over 70 yards. And when you can have success on that, it not only stops that blitz, but if you notice in the second half, Navy wasn't blitzing as, as heavily as they were the first half early on. And then the Notre Dame just went, ran it right at them. And then Navy right. had to go back to pr- the, the, the run pl- pressures. And that's when Notre Dame went back outside again. It was a chess match, man. And to see a coach do that in his first game, I, that was impressive. It was really impressive. And, and there's some other yeah. things that Vince that weren't necessarily blitz beaters, but the way that they were calling schemes and the way the players executed, they turned out to be blitz beaters. So, you know, you want, I'm look, I'm doing like a breakdown of all the Notre Dame's pass plays yesterday. And so, like you'll see here, I got like all their all their concepts that they ran. I, I <laughs> broke them all down, and drew them all up. And you know, there was there was a lot of the stuff where it was, you know, quick outs, Y options, crossers, ins. There's stuff that if they're gonna bring a pressure, it, it's not necessarily hot routes, but it's stuff built into the past right. concept that you go to. And one example was, for example, they ran a blitz, uh, they ran a front side blitz against Matt Salerno. Actually, I think I have that the the I don't have the play broken down like with the writing and all that, but this is actually – you guys can see it. Here, I'm going to pull it up here real quick and just share the screen. I don't have like the uh, you know, the drawing and all that kind of stuff on it, but you guys will be able to see it here real quick. But this was the particular alignment, Vince. So like what happened was is they brought this guy on a blitz, and I believe this guy also blitzed right here. And so what they did was is this guy who was over the A-gap strong – flies out down here right so you can see it kind of he goes down this direction so what matt salerno does is he is running a snag route so that basically means he's going to run in towards the the linebacker and and the flat defender and normally salerno if you guys can see that normally salerno's working his route off this guy right and then jadarian price is going to run like a kind of like a a wide wheel slide wheel that direction basically like a slide and if the flat defender comes down, then he turns it into a wheel. That's how they'll run. That's how you do one by one uh, snag. If there's a running snag out of a tight end, then the tight end runs like a clear corner. We saw that yesterday as well. So they run this snag concept, and Salerno basically just is going to run like right. He's going to run like right here off this guy right here. But what happened was, is this guy, I believe he either blitzed or he dropped deep into coverage. So then this guy, this backer here, flies out weak. And Salerno sees it, and he works inside of that guy against the pressure, and Sam Hartman sees him right away and hits him. And so he he actually hit that route, Vince, inside of this guy. Yep. You don't run snag and get up inside of that guy. But they were so prepared for the different things that Navy was going to do that Salerno just saw it, reacted to it, and got inside of that far inside, that near side, in, or that far side inside backer, got open nine-yard gain on first and ten. First and ten turns into second and one. Well, just like, I mean, it was outstanding. And for all but the people that it's, want to it's give a way to attack the blitz, it's another way to no, attack the absolutely. blitz with a and base it, call, right. right? And and for all the people that want to give Matt Salerno a hard time, that was a veteran move by him. It's a veteran play because he's realizing, okay, well, the guy I normally run this off of is it disappeared. He's not there anymore, and so he ran it differently. And you've got veteran wide receiver, you've got veteran quarterback, and they make a connection, like. I hate to tell people this. You're going to see that once, twice, a couple times a game where Matt Salerno is going to come in huge, you know, on those kinds of plays because he's a veteran. He's going to find the open man. I'm not saying Matt Salerno is the number one receiver. That's not obviously what I'm saying. But what I am saying is he's still an important piece to this offense because Sam Hartman's going to find him. He's and, and Matt Salerno is going to find a way to get open. Uh, the thing for me, Vince, is, the the uh, the ability to attack the blitz went beyond just what we thought it did right like we thought it entailed you know the the runs and the formations and the screens and things like that and they did a couple max pro shots the the pass to tobias was a a, a nine man prote- or an eight man protection they had the back and then both tight ends so it was actually like in a trips bunch look they had both tight ends and that's how that they would run a duo out of that look and so they ran duo and Tobias ran a stutter go. Salerno ran a stutter over, like a sail route. And then the two tight ends blocked, and they ran a play action, and they slid away from the tight ends. So they could handle they could handle pressure off the front side with the tight ends, and then they slid away from it so they could handle any wide pressure coming off away from it. That was another way to beat the blitz, and you're taking a mm-hmm. shot. 
And if you go back and watch that play for, for, for those debating about, you know, what should have happened there, two things about that play. When you go back and watch it, number one is I had a buddy of mine say Tobias should have made a better play for the ball. And I understand that sentiment, but my thing is you got to understand where he was in the field. If he goes up for that ball, he gets ridden right out of bounds. There's no way he can stay in bounds. Now, what I would say is if Tobias would have made a bet, what I would tell him as young receivers, if, if that ball is under thrown like that, make a better play. Cause then you're going to induce the PI a little bit more. Sure. But I think he kind of thought he was already getting interfered with, which is Agreed. the way you play. It should have been that they should not have picked up that flag. No. And then it hits the DB on the back on the back. And, and if you watch the game again, you'll see Sam Hartman look disgusted after that play. And he just goes like this. He was like, he went like this. He knew exactly. I should have put it on more of a line. I should have put yep. more on it. That's exactly what he's doing. Because he, he, he had a double hitch yeah. out of the play action. He had a double hitch, which was his first mistake. And then he tried to aim it to the back of the end zone. And Tobias is too far down the field for yeah. for that type of throw Sam made. He right. needed to put that sucker a little not on a line because there was a safety there, but just a, right. with some with some velocity, you know. But um, that's another blitz beater. I was just impressed, Vince, with how much of what they did had natural stuff that if they blitz us, we have stuff built in. I was also surprised as as you break the film down, they had a lot of f- empty releases. Like they had a lot. I mean, not just not checkdowns, right? We saw checkdowns where guys were stepping out and and some of those type of things, but we saw a lot of actual empty. Like they would line up even out of twelve personnel where they would have a free release by the back, meaning he has no blitz response, no no blocking responsibilities. He's just right. it doesn't matter if they bring nine guys, he is running a route. They right. did a lot of that in the game. That play that I showed to Salerno, that was I'll pull it up again real quick, but this is an example when I talk about <clears throat> an empty look. So in normal pass pro in a normal pass play, the running back here will step up and read. We mm-hmm. saw a couple mistakes being made in the game, Vince. Jeremiah Love had a couple mistakes, yep. I thought. And I thought Audric had a miss yep. in pass pro too. I thought he went, he didn't see an inside pressure. He should have stepped to, he should have got out of his flash fake and just stepped up and taken a, a block. At least that's what I what I thought. I could I could be mistaken, but Normally you'll have the back here, and what Notre Dame does a lot is they'll just have this guy step up, and he'll he'll read like inside out, or he might read both inside guys depending on what the protection is. And then if nobody comes, then he releases into a route. They'll do swings, they'll do you know you know uh, verticals outs, and then they'll do like just little curls, little unders. They'll do all type of of check releases. But what they were doing yesterday was just flat out sending the backs out. So on this particular play, you had Jadarian over here. He just released um, down this way. Let me get my if I get my remote over my my mouse over there. He's here. He just so you see it here. He just releases this way. Yeah. So just down. goes that way. And and basically what he's doing is is he kept his face. He kept his shoulder square. So basically, if if Hartman sees him now, he's going to throw it to him upfield. And then if he if the if the you know, if the guy comes downhill, then he just turns it into a wheel, which I talked about earlier. They did a lot of that stuff in this game. A lot of empty. And, and, and to me, that shows you some number one. It, it tells me you have a lot of faith in your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because if they would have done a lot of it, like they did some empty release last year, and it hurt them because Drew didn't always react appropriately right. to it. And, and again, you're you're talking about a redshirt sophomore who didn't have a whole lot of starts under his belt, right? Where Sam Hartman is a six-year senior, he's seen all this, and it just uh, it, it made sense why you did it that way because, you know, I mean, you've got a more well, veteran guy, but there was you have to have a quarterback that knows where to go with the football if they bring more than you can block, and right. if you're going to do we, free releases, we talked about that a little bit on last night's show. Brian is that sometimes the quarterback has to be responsible for the extra man now. In the past, they've left a running back in there to be responsible for the extra man. Now that you've got a guy like Sam Hartman with his brain and with his experience, he can be responsible for that extra man by getting rid of the football, by sidestepping, by doing some different things. And so they're trusting Sam to do that. Now, something that's very interesting, Brian, that it kind of comes full circle for me uh, after watching all the practices and stuff that we did, they threw a, a lot of balls to running backs in practice. Right. And, and we kind of downplayed it a little bit because we're not here to give the playbook away. I mean, that's not our responsibility, but we, we, 
they threw a lot of balls to the running backs. And now we know why, because they trusted Sam Hartman. Once spring practice was done, I think they pretty much knew, you know, what they had with Sam Hartman. And so they they knew, hey, these guys have the talent to catch the football. Let's get them out. Give us another option because we can trust Sam Hartman to be in the backfield and to account for that extra guy. Yeah. So blitz beaters Vince was obviously a part of what we did. Had a chance to break down the run game as well. And most of the stuff we saw that we talked about last night was confirmed. And so just so you all know, this isn't going to be a super, super long upon further review. Cause as Vince and I talked, I, I felt like we kind of, we kind of got to a lot last night. We kind of nailed a lot and there weren't a lot of things was like, Oh, I didn't see that. And I didn't notice that beyond a you know few things that we'll, we'll discuss. So we are actually going to do a mailbag this week for upon further review. We don't normally do that, but we will have a mailbag. So obviously super chats we'll get to, but if you have other questions or follow-ups or things you're not sure of, go ahead and ask those as well. You can get those in there now. But one of the things Vince that, that, that uh, run game wise, we had a lot confirmed a few things confirmed we talked about last night. I felt like inside zone was used more than duo. That was confirmed. Now, I'll be honest, there were two or three runs that I wasn't quite sure what it was because of the that they did a lot of different footwork with the inside zone and duo. They would not just hit like remember last year duo was kind of like they would line up play side step and then just get downhill. To this year it looked like they were doing that, but they were also coming from backside and hitting duo with a little bit of a different angle, same with inside zone. And so it was a couple, about two or three times I was like, you know, I'm not really sure what that was, but I, I, I at the end kind of thought, okay, I, I think that's duo based on the blocking scheme and the alignment and where the tight end is and, and things along those lines. But I had them down for 17 inside zone runs. Now, what, these numbers are just for when the first team was in. I didn't count the last series. But 17 inside zone runs, six duo runs, and three of the heavy counters. Now we call it heavy. I'm calling it heavy counter because it wasn't your typical, you know, backside right. kick, backside wrap. They had one kick and two wraps on that particular yeah. play. A lot so of they movement. brought a guard and then two a tight end and a and a receiver around on that. So I call it heavy counter. It was a little bit different. I'll be honest, Vince. I liked that for this game. I don't want to see that be like an, an every week type of thing i mean navy blew it up the third time they saw it right yeah I, like i was gonna have you explain it but explain why you don't like it against other teams well, because once you get film on it you're, you're gonna see that action and you're gonna crash it hard now yeah. what i would say is is if i'm notre dame i would probably run it against tennessee state again and then set it up against nc state for i'm gonna have a screen or two coming mm-hmm. out of that a bootleg or two right. coming out of that but it's not something that, like in week nine, I want to still see them running all the time. It just there's only so many formations you can run that out of, and so there become some tells. And to me, what I love about the first game is, is there's really no tells for things that you're doing that are kind of new or that you haven't done before. They they don't know what it is. They don't know what the you're now going to see it because you have to have a receiver. You have to have two tight ends and a receiver backside. Just the way that the way that they block it, you can't get enough. You can't get enough bodies to protect the backside and front side if you don't if you don't do it that way. And, and so, when you when you talk about that kind of run, that action is going to get picked up pretty quickly. Now you're good to run it for a couple games and then run a couple actions off of it. But once you there's only so many actions you can do out of it right. too. And then so then you say okay, let that set you up for some maybe some other different wrinkles that you're going to do. But I think this was kind of a, a navy heavy thing, and the the reason I think it if I had to guess. I'd say this was a Navy run because of the way that Navy likes to bring extra bodies to the field side. Yeah. So if you look at those runs, Vince, I believe, let me pull up the play-by-play here, but I believe both of those runs were two where they, they lined up in the, the boundary, I believe, on both of those runs. I'm going to have to pull it up here real quick. But, you know, so you, when, you, when, you watch those, when you watch those different runs, actually, i got to switch to the other account here. Uh, my my play by play is in the the other account. So the first run. So let's go to the Navy breakdown. So that was uh, they ran Trey left bunch counter heavy. So yeah, the hash was on the left side, and they so they were on the left hash, and they put the three receiver side, the bunch side into the boundary, and so they ran actually the counter heavy to the field, and so Navy's a heavy edge pressure from that side. So what I think you see is is that extra wrapper to help protect against that extra body that they may bring. 
So that's what makes me think this is a Navy specific type of type of run sure, is sure. because they are such a heavy um, they are such a heavy field pressure team that I think what Notre Dame was doing is, hey, if we catch them in a, in a field blitz off the edge, we've got a guy to get to that. They can't blow it up from the field. And if we can crease that sucker inside, if we can catch them and get inside of that, we're going to go. And I think that's what that's why that that particular run made sense. So you get that extra it, 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 get that extra helmet play side to sure. where if they bring that pressure, you've got a body to get to it. That makes me that's why I think this might have been a, a a little bit more of a navy specific run than so much a a new play that they're going to run all the time. That was well, and that's guess. that's good coaching because sometimes yeah. the, sometimes you can when you know you have plays specifically for an opponent. And I'm not advocating changing your offense for an opponent. Like that's obviously not what I'm saying. But there are wrinkles and certain sure. things that you can do. That's only going to be and, for. And that's opponent. what this is. This this is a wrinkle right. off your counter. This exactly. is this is this is not a new play. This is a wrinkle 100%. off of counter, right? And and I'm I'm actually watching the play again. So yeah, they they shifted to to the field or to the boundary look, and they ran it again. And it was just it was normal block. It was just normal counter. Now actually, I think Pat Coogan, sh- I think Pat Coogan should have actually worked out. I thought that that Blake blocked down. I thought Coogan should have worked outside of him yes. and not wrapped up. I didn't think he right. read that well. I agree. Yeah. And if he kicks out that guy, you know, because that guy kind of got a little slowed up Audrick just a little bit. He did. On that particular he got, play. He got the but, first hit on him, didn't he? Right. If I'm remembering the right. play right, because he, he kind of got a little bit behind. of a, he just kind of slowed him, him down a little bit. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But if they could have got him and then all of a sudden, and so what, what that happened on that particular run is, is Coogan kind of clogged the lane up a little bit and, all get, and Audrick couldn't get a clean vertical insertion right. into the hole on that one. If he could have got a little bit more of a clean assertion, and then um, a Holden runs into Coogan, if yeah. Coogan goes to the corner, and then 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 Holden just wraps up right behind him, he takes on the safety that came down and ended up making the first hit on Audric. So if right. they get that sucker blocked up, Audric has one guy to outrun to the outside, and they I might like go. Yeah, yeah. So I just I really think it was an it was an indie, it was a Navy specific, right play. Is what I think. That's what I think. Inside zone duo, very balanced. They averaged 6.9 yards per carry on inside zone. They averaged 8.2 yards per carry on duo. And, and I think that mix makes both of them. We talked about this all year last year, Vince. If you're going to run duo, I think you've got to run inside zone mm-hmm. because they they balance each other because one's – here, here's why inside zone is essentially a run that if you're in one tight end, you're almost always going to run to the open side. The only time you're running it to like, so, so if you have a tight end to the right, you're going to run it to the left because the tight end can protect the backside. Now what Notre Dame did a lot in this game is they would actually get their tight end in motion. And then he would start from play side. And then basically they ran a lot of split zone yesterday yeah. where he would then go backside and, and block it. The only way you can run it, to the tight end side is if you're running a full read zone. So you're, you've got the quarterback now accounting for that. Notre Dame's not going to be doing that. And so um, to me, duo, but duo is a, is a, you have to run duo to a the tight end has to be to the side of duo in some way, shape, form or fashion, because you need that extra hat to that side. And sometimes Notre Dame would go to, they would have a tight end right there and then bring another tight end around because duo was kind of a, more of a down vertical block where inside zone is a step to the call type of thing. I think they're great balances to each other. And I, I've heard some O-line coaches talk about how you run duo or inside zone. I think that's nonsense. I think you run them together. And I thought Notre Dame did a really nice job of running them together to the point yesterday at times I'm like, especially watching it live, I wasn't quite sure what they were running. Was it inside zone or duo? It looks similar. And, and I think it increased the effectiveness of both. I mean, we talked about this. I keep seeing people in the chat. Oh, Navy sucks. Navy sucks. Look, when you say that, you 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 diminish just how good the offensive line and run game was yesterday, Vince. Yeah. Navy does suck as a team. Let's be real about that. They went four and eight last year. Well, I won't say they suck. They're not very good. Now they had five of their eight losses were by a touchdown or less. But it's not like they were losing that by by a touchdown or less to Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State. They were losing to AAC teams, Delaware, 
teams like that. They're not very good. But the one thing about Navy that is legitimately very good is their run defense last year. And this year, Vince, they returned everybody but John Marshall, who was six foot yeah. two, 205 pounds from the team that finished number three in the country last a, year in rush defense. He's an outside guy too, wasn't he? Correct. I mean, he was, Correct. I mean, he was in the box, but Correct. he was on the outside. Yeah. I mean, they held Memphis to 91 yards. They held Tulsa to 25. They held Temple to 20, Cincinnati to 55, Notre Dame last year to 66, UCF to 84. And they held Army to 124, five yards. East Carolina to 103, SMU to 105. So when you when you looked at it, this this was not a this was not a team that was really that was bad at rushing the football or stopping the run. They stopping are the good run, at stopping yeah. the run. And I think Notre Dame's Notre Dame's oh. ability. I mean, think about this, Vince. They went eight point two yards per play on counter on duo, six point nine yards per play on inside zone, six point seven yards per play on counter. And did you notice what they scored on? They did not score on a on either of those plays. They scored. They ran power O from the one yard line. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So they put Tosh Baker in backside and yep. Tosh basically secured the backside. Yep. And then they wrapped the guard around and had the fullback kind of kick out and they just went right up inside of it. And they, they ran, they ran power. O basically at the yeah. one yard line. I'm a geek and scored that. a touchdown. Like, I, I, when I saw that formation, when I saw them come out in that formation with the extra tackle and they had uh Shearwood on one side and they had Holden stays on the other, just like almost as wingbacks, essentially it's like, okay, pretty sure they're just going to power this sucker into the end zone and they did i mean they got such good push on that i mean navy didn't have a chance obviously on yeah. that particular play i that was yeah. that was just beautiful football uh to yeah. me so I, i'm glad that they had they have that wrinkle that they have some different things that they're doing uh the run game is no. it, it it's it's exotic to a degree, but it's also their identity. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they mixed it up enough that it's going to keep the defense guessing, which right. that's what you want. And and it's very clear what they want their identity to be, which which I really, which which I really, we talked really about. enjoy at this point. They want to be a physical football team. Yeah, now. yeah exactly. Yep. Well, thing thing that I like too, Vince, when I when I break the game down, and I'm going to go try to, uh, to, to get to this here and, and give another example, but there was a couple so like the uh the counter the heavy counter play like that was a very much a okay they ran that out of one look another reason why i think that that was a navy specific play right but when you look at a lot of their other run game stuff and, and i'm i'm going to this here real quick they 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 mixed up the looks they mixed up the personnel out of this yeah. so as i'm breaking it down now here let me get down to it here so if you look at like inside zone for example uh, they've got it out of 11, 12, 12, 12, 12, 11, 12, 11, 11, 11, 12, 11, 12, 12, 12, 11, 11, personnel-wise. Like they really did a good job of mixing it up, uh, the, the, the formations they ran it out of. And I thought that was something that I was happy. No, I didn't think that was something that I was happy to see is to see that as well. Cause you can't just line up and say, okay, every time we're in 12, we're doing this. Every time we're in 11, we're doing this. I thought they did a nice job of mixing it up and keeping Navy off balance. So those were some other, a couple other things that we, we saw yesterday from the, uh, from the Notre Dame offense that, that I, I was impressed by. And going in and watching the receivers was an interesting, um, interesting endeavor as well. Vince, I thought the receivers, we all know they played well. I think they probably played a little bit better than I thought because obviously we know about the the drop that Tobias had and then the miss. But I pointed out a couple plays to you when we were kind of going through the film together. The deep out cut to Deion Colsey, his second yes. catch. Tobias murders that safety. Oh, and I mean, if, he, he's like, Ugh. yeah, and then it's just and yeah. then just stopped when he saw the ball go outside. You know, I mean, so so there were some plays like that. There was another play. I think it was Jaden. I think it was Rico Flores was open on a route. You know, where the ball didn't come to him. Now, in these instances, the ball wasn't coming to him because they weren't. The read didn't tell him there. So on sure. the play to Sam or the play to to, to uh, Dion that he could have gone to Tobias. 
the pressure they were bringing and the coverage they were showing, he's right. not going to get to Tobias on that play. Correct. They would have had to show a different look for him to get to Tobias because they're playing off coverage and they're bringing an edge pressure. That's yep. pull and throw it to Dion. That that's the read. So yep. it wasn't like in the past where guys were getting open and the quarterback wasn't finding the right guy. Right. It was or the first stuff was there almost the entire yeah. night. I mean. They, there was a couple times they had to go to a second read. I think the pass interference to Tyree was the secondary read. That was basically an all-verts all look with the backside outcut because they did it out of, tri out of trio, just three receivers on one side, tight end attached to the other. I call that trio. Trips to me is three-by-one with an outside widened guy. You know, I thought that was a, a good concept. I, I would have been interested to see maybe the backside throw on that one. And, you know, but there was a couple times I thought the receivers telegraphed their routes a little bit when they weren't the number one target. There's a couple times we saw that. I want to see them not do that because to me, right. when you've got a six year senior quarterback, you may think you're the third target, but he may yeah. think, I like this look and I want to come to you. Yep. That's something that I want to see a little bit more, more as well. But I thought it, nothing that I thought the receivers blocked pretty well in this game. That's the one thing that Tobias did really well. Yeah. He blocked him and Jaden had one, he had, one big miss in the run game. He just guy just ran by him. Wasn't anywhere near the play. But other than that, I thought Jaden and Tobias especially blocked really well in this Tobias game. And Rico the... battles his butt off in the run game. Right. Right. Like Rico almost got into a fight with one dude. He was hit. they were they were going at it so hard. I was like, I like this kid. I like how this kid competes. They really right. competed in the run game and they they ran a decent amount of RPOs. They only threw Vince Oh man, I don't have a lot of RPOs tagged as far as they actually pulled and threw. They didn't actually throw a lot of RPOs. Now they ran some because Navy never forced them to pull it and throw it. Um, so I think they only completed like three RPO throws the whole time. So one thing that that I noticed in the game too is that Notre Dame's RPO game, uh, they ran a lot of RPOs, but they didn't throw a lot of RPOs, which I was thought was interesting. I thought Navy would do more to take them out of that they threw the bubble screen to Tobias early in the game was a um was a uh, an rpo the they ran a, they ran an inside zone off that and they hit the quick out to dion on the first drive uh it was the two plays before the touchdown they ran an inside zone he sam hartman saw it and pulled it so if it, and you actually look at it the offensive line was blocking on that play he made some sort of motion to Jabron Payne to let Jabron know that he was pulling and throwing it. That was actually a pre-snap read. He actually saw that beforehand. So he actually flipped, he actually moved, got Jabron Payne in position to maybe, maybe to pick up an edge. I wasn't quite sure what he was doing, but that was one where that was an RPO throw. And, and I, and here's something was interesting. Talk about good, good coaching on that play. They were running an RPO. Zeke Carell starts working to the second level, and he looks outside and sees that the it was actually no, it was to a it was a later throw to Jaden Thomas that they completed an RPO, and he's actually looking outside, and he sees that to that Jaden Thomas is about to catch a ball, and he stops, and doesn't take another step, and so you can tell that they've they've worked on. Um, that they've worked on getting into these situations where, hey, if you see the ball going out, don't keep working down the field. Stay where you are. And, you know, and so the, the recognition on that I thought was really good. I, I thought that was really good. And, um, and, and be able to get that out. But as I look through it, those were RPOs. They hit an RPO to Jaden Thomas. I only have them down for, let's see, one, two, three RPO completions out of 24 attempts. That's what I had them down as. Now, some of the, the screen stuff, they will do some of that screen stuff out of RPOs. But if you watch this game, those were not, those were not RPO screens. They were actually designed screens. So they were running like bubble screen to one side with the back and then tunnel screen to the other side. And I thought another, uh, another aspect of the game that I thought was good before we move on to the defense I thought the the offensive line blocking in the screen game was as good as we've seen in a while. I thought it was very good. We saw uh, Zeke Carell getting downfield for for downfield blocks in the screen game. Blake was getting outside quickly. Uh, Rocco Spindler got downfield on a couple. I thought the uh, the downfield blocking from from their offensive line was much better because like I'm not really watching that live. Going back and watching it later. 
that was impressive to see. I was happy to see that. So, uh, Vince, are you ready to get back with us? You all right, man? <laughs> we had double trouble because you you took off and I was muted. Apparently, and there was like all the people at home are going like this, but I can't see any of them. Well, but, I'll be uh, honest. I, I got two massive I, out of nowhere, two massive cramps in my quads, and I was like, I'm dying right man, now. Man, I thought you were going upstairs to like like <laughs> lay down some fire and brimstone on the children. I don't the way know what's you jumped wrong with up. me. Oh my yeah. goodness. I felt like I got sniped is what it felt like. So I was like, <laughs> I need to stretch a little bit down here real quick. I can't even take myself. You didn't have time show. to take yourself out of the thing. You no. just left the like, whole show. <laughs> anyway. So but I was listening to you and uh yeah. great analysis, sir. That's good. Stuff. Yeah. But that did, did, that's something I was impressed by though, was yeah. the downfield blocking in the, in the yeah. green game I thought was really good. No, absolutely. And it, it's fun to see those big boys get out front and like, I, I thought the, the the touchdown by Colsey was first of all it's a great block by Tobias I believe on the outside to help spring him but then Rocco had come around and he was trying to block but he could not catch up to Deion Colsey he's like I'm trying yeah. like I'm out here I'm trying to do my best and uh, but he was looking for somebody to block he just didn't need to obviously on that particular play but um, you know these these linemen get out in space okay you yeah. know what I mean yeah. like I was actually pretty impressed by that. Yep. There was a question that we had here from Josh Phillips that I just want to answer related to what we I was just talking about. He says, why do uh, offensive linemen need to stop when throwing uh, out of an RPO to avoid a legal man downfield penalty? Absolutely, Josh. That's exactly right. Now, I was explaining, Vince, while you were away, the play that uh, they hit an RPO outcut to Jaden Thomas, and Zeke Carroll was actually working to the second level to block, and he sees the Jaden's like putting his hands out to catch the ball, and he stops, stops running. Basically saying, if I'm if I'm not too far downfield, I'm not gonna. And if I yeah. go block this guy before Jaden catches that ball, then they could ding me. I yeah. thought that was a really heads up play that, and you could tell that's something they've worked on sure. as they kind of continue to to look at and they, at and they understand more the they they understand these things and they understand the concepts and why and and how yeah. they can affect things negatively and positively. You know what I mean? That's that's mm-hmm. a sign of a well-coached team. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to kiss any butt here, but that's the sign mm-hmm. of a well-coached team. No, that these guys especially for week one. These things. Yes. Right. We saw no delay of games. We saw the one time during, I think it was the two, there was a one period where they had to call timeout. We saw no false starts. We saw like yeah. one hold. We didn't see a lot of the, We you know, we saw the one fumble. So, I mean, there was some first game like, dude, you can't do that. But I thought overall, Vince, I thought they did a really good job. They played really clean football offensively. And yes, defensively, they played clean from a penalty standpoint, but there are some other areas where the defense is going to have to, to get a little bit better. And again, it's more Navy related. We'll have to see how it goes against some others. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what we're going to have to see. Somebody just it's, somebody just asked us, uh, Brian, is that hacks, uh, hat fitted or flexed? It's fitted. Oh, so that, I got this from good. the Indie Bookstore. That is good looking. Yeah, and it, it's a low riding hat. I, you know me; I love the low riding yeah. hats. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so Vince, let's move on to the defense here. Yeah, uh, not a whole lot else to add, to be honest with you. I think we we covered that pretty well. D tackles played really well. Uh, you know, penetration was really good. I had a couple people on the board say I didn't think Howard Cross did much. I thought Howard Cross played really well. Yeah, he had four tackles, but he was he was getting a push and penetration all night long. I thought Howard played really well. Yes, I thought Jason Onye a couple times let them get into his legs and push him back, but over he also had a lot of really impressive Man. plays. I mean, Rubio played well. Yeah. Mills had that big miss on the on the you know where he should have had a tackle for loss, but all the overall he played really well. I thought the interior guys played really well. Outside of Batelho, and I thought Josh Burnham played really well. Javante had two yeah. big plays, and then some other were just kind of uh, you know. I thought the other the other ends. I didn't think Junior played that great. I didn't no, think Nana I, I played very well. Got- Junior got pushed off the ball a little bit too much yeah. for my liking. He made yeah, a couple of agreed. times where he didn't set the edge real great. But I mean, I know agreed. it's a newer, newer position for him, so yeah. it may take a little bit of time. But uh, but I thought Josh Burnham played exceptionally yeah. well because that sack you know? wasn't his only really impressive play. Right, right, right. But that sack was awesome, yeah. man. I mean, he just yeah. came right under. I mean, that was yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. Linebacker play. I actually thought Jack Kaiser's first half was a little better on the rewatch than I thought it was live. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I just, you know, again, there was a couple times just late reacting to things, but I thought I, as I broke it down, I just, I thought it was, it was better. I thought he yeah. was a little better than I thought. He was still very good in the second half, which we talked about, but I thought his first half was a little better than I thought. 
the the big takeaway for me, uh, one of the best adjustments of the second half was turning Xavier Watts loose. Yes. They were using safeties as sort of a last line of defense in the first half, yep. which worked to a degree, but they were letting them get those kind of little quick, those pitches that were kind of getting yards because the safeties were getting downhill late. Second half, I thought they just said, okay, Xavier, go. Just go. And, nope. Yeah. Yeah. And he made some plays. And, yep. And they used Jack to kind of come up and take on that 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 lead blocker effectively and then Xavier was able to go clean up he looked a lot better they're gonna have to figure some things out at safety I I, I really like DJ Brown as a as a kid and I've heard he's a great leader and all that but Vince this is the same stuff we've seen over and I mean he had yeah. to say he had a remember the penalty he had last year on the 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 pass he intercepted in the end zone because he tackled a guy because he wasn't confident in himself yep you can't have a six-year senior still coming up Un, you know, not coming to balance, being out of control, missing a tackle in the backfield, falling down on falling uh, down, deep ball. Yeah. You just can't have that, man. And it's just the same stuff over and over again. I, I thought the safety play to me was disappointing in this game. It was. It was disappointing to me. Uh, outside of Xavier in the second half, it was just – I barely saw Ramon Henderson, Thomas Harper. I, I'll give him a pass because he's never played against a triple option. It's the fifth-year seniors okay. never played a triple option. And he was playing out of position. You know, he was playing like outside. Yeah. It was just a weird play. And it was the game was already over. But Notre Dame caught some break, more breaks in the first half than I thought. There was a couple potential big plays that Navy should have had, especially on the first drive, where if it's not for the pressures getting to them, they might have had some bigger plays. So I still think the defense overall played very well. I thought the game plan was very good. I mm-hmm. thought there were some execution mistakes on the back end in the first half that – got it raced by the front seven is what I would say. I thought the front seven played very sound. I thought the game plan was very sound because what they did was, is all the stuff that Navy stone at them didn't mean a hill of beans because they just stayed within the, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was a big part of it too, Vince. It very was, disciplined, it was, very sound plan. I, you know, if I'm nitpicking the plan, I didn't. And I talked about this to you before we went on the air. I, couple too many blitzes in the first half for my liking because I personally would want to just sit back, play your base, do your assignment, et cetera. And sometimes when you blitz, it can create a big play for the other team because now you've taken a guy out. But they, the way they blitz, though, they, they covered themselves pretty well. They weren't leaving places open. So, I mean, it was okay. So, I, you know, again, I'm being nitpicky, to be honest with you. But when they sat back I, in their I base, think you can be aggressive with your linebackers and not blitz. To your point. Agreed, yes. 100%, because I felt like when they were in their base, I felt like the linebackers were coming downhill fast, right. and I really like that. I mean, again, anybody that thinks J.D. is slow needs to rewatch this game. Well, um, Vince, I will say know. this, too. I want to get your thoughts on this. I thought they got out of that quickly, though. I don't yeah. think they stayed in it like the whole second half. Right. You know what yep. I mean? Like, I thought they exactly. got out of it pretty quickly. Yep, yeah. I agree with that completely, completely. And I, and again, and we said this last night, so this isn't this isn't a big, you know, oh, I watched this and I saw this, but I thought Maris played well. I mean, he was reading and reacting and doing what he was supposed to do, and then he was coming downhill making plays. There was one or two where it felt like he just filled on the inside and just kind of got lost in the wash a little bit. But overall, I, I thought his play was really good. I, I It was the best game that I've seen him play in a while. Yeah. Uh, and so that was really, can, really good to see. Can I be honest, Vince? Yeah. I no. was kind of half expecting to, <laughs> no, lie to us all. <laughs> no. Yes. I was half expecting to watch the film and just find a bunch of stuff wrong with Maris's game. Sure. I just, uh, you know, but I didn't. I thought he played really well. <laughs> yeah. I thought he played really well. But other than that, Vince, I think we kind of, I think we kind of did a pretty good job of kind of hitting it all last night. I thought we got most of it last night. Yeah, you know, so I thought that was that was good. We got a lot of that stuff, a lot of that stuff covered last night. So, yeah. anything else you want to talk about from the game? Obviously, I thought the um, the PAT field goal's got to it's got to be crisp. Got to get there, you know. Yes. You got to get there. Got to, got to, and it's everything. It's snap, hold, kick, but the kick was mm-hmm. just off. It was to the right. He didn't. Yeah. He, his angle was bad, and he didn't didn't make the kick. I mean, you got to make yeah. a forty one yarder. That that you're a big boy college right. football. It's almost like he was taking it for granted. Yeah, you exactly. Because they, they did it. They zoomed in on his face. And I didn't realize this at the time, but when I rewatched it, they zoomed in on his face and he just looked like he was in the backyard playing bags, you know, cornhole yeah. or something. Like he, which you, you kind of want. 
uh, to you a degree. Do. You kind of want do. that, but there just still needs to be a, a, a you know, focus that right. needs to be part of that too. Right. Yeah. So Vince, that's going to do it for the upon further review. We're going to do a mailbag next, but before we do get to that mailbag, folks, we would appreciate that you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. And look, if you want the breakdown that we did now, we're going to have a film breakdown later. We're going to have some run game breakdowns, all going to be message board only stuff. It is not stuff that's going to be available to anyone else. It's only for message board members. So you're definitely going to want to check that out as well on uh, at boards at ourbreakdown.com. And, and I will tell you, I met a few board members over the weekend at the football, at the high school football game, including a surprising like one, Vince. We won't say who it was, no. but I was pretty surprised by that. It was an awesome meet and greet with him. And uh, I love it when guys come up to me and, and they're like, yeah. I, you know, Irish breakdown. So it was awesome. So I love meeting the board members. That was a lot of fun. So hopefully we'll see more people at all the home games. And uh, it's a family, guys. Get on the boards. There's awesome information and everybody's looking out for each other. So I love that. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.